welcome to the F5 podcast. Today we're going to be talking about mental health and how to overcome specific challenges regarding just mental health in general. Uh, please like, subscribe, and comment. We look forward to conversing about this subject. All right. Uh, All right. Can we think of a mental health situation that uh, requires attention? I think they all require attention. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, there can, it can come down to either suicidal thoughts that requires a lot of attention. We really like to jump into the dark. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was thinking burnout, but. <laughs> no, but that does require men, like an attention. I feel like was, one thing that is really like kind of rampant right now, if you will, is anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like you hear everybody talking about experiencing anxiety. Yeah. You know, so as a frame, depression is generally a, but you're looking back at the past, right? So there's mm -hmm. sadness or pain around the past. Anxiety is generally fear about the future. So anxiety makes sense, right? In the collective right now, there's a lot of transitions that are taking place and a lot of things are, are shifting. And when that happens, it can produce a lot of anxiety in people who are constantly trying to figure out everything in the future and think about everything in the future. Um, and so understanding how to deal with that is going to be really important. And there's lots of things. I think we got three or four things we're going to talk about today to help kind of offset anxiety. But just I think it's helpful to understand, well, what's the difference between anxiety and depression? Depression mm -hmm. is generally around the past. Anxiety is generally around the future. So you're going back. So anytime we're in uh, a situation where we're mentally uh, or emotionally unstable, the first thing you want to do is draw to your attention. Where is your focus? What is it that I am thinking about? Mm. Uh, and this is where being mentally disciplined really comes in. If you are mentally undisciplined or emotionally undisciplined, it is much easier to become a victim, if you will, of these scenarios because you don't know how to draw your attention to the right things. Now, I will say there are biochemical explanations for some of these things too, but by and large, this has more to do with your focus and your stories and how you show up in life than it does biochemical. Unfortunately, if you have patterns of behavior focused long enough, though, you will have a biochemical addiction to and will continue to uh, stay in those modes because your body will then get aligned with it. So then mm -hmm. you now have a biochemical um, alignment with how you're thinking, which yeah. sucks. Yeah, they go... They go hand in hand, right? The depression and anxiety, which I've kind of never really understood because when I've done research, it's always depression and anxiety. So if anxiety is more so about the future and depression is more so in the past, how do those two always get coupled together? Because you're constantly darting. You're not in the right? present. Because mm -hmm. what you're exactly, you're not, the one thing you're not is in the present. So what are you doing? You're looking at the past and going, this happened in the past. I'm afraid it's going to happen in, in the, the future. future. Gotcha. So it's like a choo-choo-choo-choo. Mm. A paddling back and forth between the two worlds. Yeah. And so this gets this cup. This is amplified at this time of the year, right? The holiday season is a tough time of year for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of emotions that come up and a lot of things that get processed that that challenge this and create a more and more intensity around this, especially at a time when most people regard it as generally a happy time of year, an amazing mm -hmm. time of year to be with friends and family. It is important to recognize for a lot of people, it produces a lot of negative emotion. Mm -hmm. um, I think well, I think we looked this up already, but December 11th is the most common day of the year for people to break up. 
right? And the, the how are people tracking this? Oh, everything is tracked now. That that <laughs> maybe particular... Facebook changes relationship status. <laughs> how, do you, how do we know this? There's lots of metadata that we can look at now to figure that out. But um, but the six weeks from mid November to January first is the most unstable time of year for relationships. Um, and December 11th is the peak. Do you think it is because we have such a expectation that it's the happiest time of the year and we should be happy and we should, you know, everyone should be happy. We should all be happy. No fighting. It's happy. Do you think that has anything to do with the, I guess, um, the reason why it the feels so wrong expectation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you're right. trying to meet 100%. I mean, Molly yeah. was sharing this about her, her mom. If you want to go ahead and, and say it again. Yeah. My mom was just sharing it with me that during like, this time of year between October, November, December, she feels the most anxious. And it's an interesting thing because growing up, I never ever saw that in her. And she was just kind of, again, sharing it with me though. So this is kind of a really sad time right now. So I um, even celebrated my nephew's birthday yesterday because he doesn't live with my sister during the weekend, regardless. Um, we were able to hang out with him, um, spend time with him. Um, my sister also then brought a, another cake for her stillborn baby that she lost and um and she then was like yeah and it's an extra time of year to be sad right like we're all kind of still grieving about it and um not only that but my sister like she's still going through it and so my my mom now still feels a lot of pain for my 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 sister and is holding that with her because now like as an adult she's just like trying her best to keep everyone happy. And then it's like, if that's not the case, like she stresses out for, because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a hard time because even, oh God, even yesterday hanging out with my sister and she was just like, I just feel like I want to cry all the time. I'm like, let it, let it happen. Like um, growing up, she never was emotional. Like she was always mm-hmm. kind of quiet and shy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like everything's kind of rushing in right now for her and I just can't help but feel kind of, uh, I'm sad. Like I'm, I'm sad for my sister. I'm sad for my mom for feeling that way. And, um, like, like my parents right now are kind of going through a couple of difficult things right now and not like in the relationship, but like personally themselves, like their health is not 100%. And I'm just like, <laughs> what can I do to help them? Like, especially during this time of year, they have medical bills to pay. And I'm like, what can I do to help serve them? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. if you were talking about that right now too, about how in general, this consensus is feeling this kind of transition of like, what can I do? What do I have to do? Like, why can't it just be like, okay, like, why can't we just spend time versus money? Like mm-hmm. if that's all we can give, let that be like, let's not stress about money. Cause yeah. I feel like that, um, in the tail end of things, that is what it comes down to. Like, am I able to give gifts? You know, like, am I able to provide for all of my siblings? Like mm-hmm. you have a lot of siblings. Like mm-hmm. how do you offer presents for them? Your present or presents mm-hmm. or gifts? Um, do you guys think about that? Like even for your kids, you know, like, they always ask for something, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> I want the newest and greatest Xbox game or whatever yeah. they play. Well, and I don't even think of it so much as money, mm-hmm. but the time and energy, like, thought that goes into, like, what am I going to get this person? And mm-hmm. there's now 20 people that I have to think of that right. for, mm-hmm. and I don't have I don't have that headspace right now. And mm-hmm. then it's stressing me out, like, shit, like, I don't know yeah. what to do. It's slowly yeah. approaching. Here's the money. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think uh, just no matter what's happening on the outside, primarily why people feel um, low self-esteem or anxiety is because they're not connected with themselves. I that's my that's my mm-hmm. opinion. Everything's different, but what I think is what people do is they tend to blame outside factors, but really what they need to do is yeah. set goals, get in the gym, um, be grateful for the things they do have and focus on reconnecting with themselves. Um, so how do you like, so what can you do to progress in your life? I think that's, what's going to get you out of your current state. Mm-hmm. Now that's disregarding, you know, chemical imbalances and things of that nature. I'm not talking about those things mm-hmm. because those require a different type of attention, but I think reconnecting with yourself, um, and, and, uh, and just becoming a better person is going to help overall. But in general, there's three situations that require or that cause anxiety, especially during the holidays. The first situation is, um, family members. Like I don't want to be around my family because they're just so toxic. Mm -hmm. Right. Crazy. That's the one thing. The second is breakups, like, like Sab's mentioned. And the third thing is just, um, financial loss in general. So why don't we just deal with those one at a time? So the first one. Being around family, family. and around anxiety family. around family. And there's a couple of ways that shows up. And going back to something Molly was saying, mothers especially very often take it on themselves to make sure everyone else has a good time mm-hmm. to their own hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? They care so much about everyone else. True that they yeah. put way more on them than they should. And it ends up causing a lot of stress. And I think about even my own mother growing up, she was the one that brought everyone together, but she was always stressed out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mom, why do you do this? And I realized eventually that it was her love language and she was putting it on herself. Nobody was genuinely asking her of that, but she wanted everyone to have a very good time. So there is that side of it. Like I'm so concerned about everyone having a good time that it's like you try to control everything. And then, you know, I think we've made many movies, comedy movies over mm-hmm. Christmas holidays of people trying to control everything to make it a good time. And the end of the movie, everything's a disaster. And they realize all we really need is each other. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's that side of it. And then there's a lot of the holidays reminded everyone of their broken relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, what I have a, if I have a disconnected relationship with a parent or a sibling, and now we're all supposed to come together for the holidays and we're having to confront the fact that we still haven't fucking dealt with our shit. Mm-hmm. And this is this is humanity in general, right? Most of us, our way of dealing with shit is to sweep it under the rug and not actually deal with it and then think everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then the holidays, you're confronted with, oh shit, we can't just hide here. So they, and you know, it's sad how many times I hear people say things like, I just want to get in and out. Just want to get in, get out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, say my piece, be there for an hour, leave. Like, man, like that's so. To me, that's that's broken. And I think you know, and, and I'll stop. You know, other people say, but the work is dealing with difference in relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Healing those, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it has to look a very particular way, right? Like, but letting go of the angst, letting go of the unforgiveness, letting go of the trauma, letting go of the hurt. Which doesn't mean that person needs to be your best friend, mm-hmm. or you suddenly regard them as a, a good parent now, or your you know your best sibling. But letting go of that allows you to show up in your best self and maybe bring change to your entire family by being the fucking bigger person. Mm-hmm. I have a question because, as a Scorpio, mm-hmm. my sister did bring this up one time. Um, she was like, "Yeah, we just hold grudges. Like that's what we do." And then I think about you in a way where it's like, 
have you ever had a time where like you just held on for so long and realized that it didn't serve you? And then you're like, why the heck am I doing this? Like, why am I holding on for this it, like particular instance in which I'm holding on to? And um, like specifically with my sister, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to flat out tell you, like, I was being a fucking bitch. Like, mm-hmm. sorry about that. She's like, I know. Well, you do this to me all the time, blah, blah, blah. And um, she's like, well, because I'm a Scorpio, I hold grudges. I'm like, ah, well, what can you do to let go? You know, like, what can you do in that situation? Yeah, I generally, um, you know, this is. Did you hold grudges before? No, this isn't my first rodeo, though. I think mm-hmm. I came in to hold space for Scorpio in general. I mm-hmm. don't hold grudges because it doesn't serve me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, I, I don't. And I, you'll never hear me say something like, well, I only do that because I'm a man. Or I do mm-hmm. that because I'm this. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't. Because then you're so tied to that identity that it's like, how do you get out of mm-hmm. not holding grudges if you've kind of like held on to or, this is how I am? And it it really creates a way to justify how you're showing yes. up, right? Yeah. So I definitely indulge in the Scorpio personality and the energy around it. And it, to, to be sure, is very accurately describes myself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you'll never hear me use that as a justification mm-hmm. to be an asshole mm-hmm, or to mm-hmm. mistreat someone. That isn't. That isn't cool. Now, that doesn't mean you may not have those propensities or you may understand like, yeah, that shows up. And I have a lot of Scorpio friends. That is a very normal thing. They're like, they'll be your best friend. But if you if you become their enemy, that you do not want a Scorpio as an enemy mm-hmm. because they're just as, as passionate as they are about love. They can be incredibly vindictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just have to recognize that and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they're also typically very jealous people. Mm-hmm. So, which is fascinating. What about the, the concept of people have grudges because they see the world differently than the other person on the other end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they hold grudges on something that the other person doesn't even recognize. Like that is a problem. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think, I think that requires communication. Like you can't build a story up in your head about why somebody's mistreating you. You have to teach people how to treat you. And whether that be assertively or whatever the case may be, you have to teach them and you can't, hold them accountable to something that's in your head. That's a story you built in your, in your head. Well, well you mm. can, many you, people, you, many you people can. do. You can. You should. Just, yeah. It, it's probably yeah. not serving you. We, we, you know, I, I teach about this analogy and I'll talk about it a lot in my family about holding on to the hot coal, mm-hmm. right? Which is this idea that you create a story in your head about the way the world is that is negative and mm-hmm. creates suffering in your life. And it's like, holding on to a hot coal, right? Mm-hmm. And so imagine you walked up to somebody and they're holding on to this hot coal that's burning their hand. And you're like, and they're like, please help me. I need something for the pain. I'm in so much pain. And you're like, oh, Let this is go. easy. Just fucking drop the hot coal. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Can't do that. Can you give me something for the pain? You're like, just drop the fucking hot coal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, I don't think you understand. You don't understand my story, what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just drop the fucking hot coal Mm -hmm. where a lot of people hold on to stories that are Mm -hmm. very negative and don't serve them. You're like, well, why are you doing this? Well, this goes back to six human needs psychology. Very often our stories make us feel significant, Mm -hmm. even if it creates a fuck ton of pain, Mm -hmm. right? We would rather be in pain, but feel significant. So when I see somebody that is unwilling to drop a story, the first thing I'm looking for is, well, what is the need that is being met here? Mm -hmm. And generally it's either love and connection or a desire for significance. And so we can help them and assist them in dropping the hot coal by meeting the need of, oh, you need love and connection right now. You need significance mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And sadly, when people behave like that, our natural inclination is to do just the opposite, make them feel more insignificant mm-hmm. and withdraw love and connection. 
which creates even if, more problems. If you're holding a grudge, though, what my point my, my point was too is that if you're holding a grudge and you're you're about to throw that hot coal, that other person on the other end may not even know it's that they did they anything wrong, right? At all, mm -hmm. and you're holding this hot coal, and they're like just going about their life. They but, don't even care. But I think at that point that becomes, yeah. I mean, there, I think that there's two different things happening there. The dropping mm -hmm. the coal is more so for you Correct. to be able yeah. to function and operate and be free. And then hopefully be able to, if needed, have a conversation with the other person about what was done wrong. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think that if you have the conversation of, you know, I don't know, confront the person for whatever it is that they did do wrong, it might not come off the right way because you're still holding on to all of right. this negative emotion. Right. So I think that you have to let it go first, kind of sort it out within yourself mm -hmm. before you approach the other person if it is needed to confront them about your story and your expectation, right? And hidden yeah. expectation causes a lot of pain in relationship. But I can say this safely in 42 years of life in this particular realm at this time, at least 80% of people that hurt other people aren't doing it intentionally. Mm -hmm. But the flip is most of the time people believe it was done to them intentionally. Mm. Yeah. Their story is you did this to hurt me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's a crazy gnarly story. Yeah. But it, it's a cry for significance, mm -hmm. right? It's a cry to feel important. But I think oh. um, like you pointed on something that was kind of important there. And I think if we really look at any issue, anxiety, depression, conflict in relationship, um, it all comes down to expectations. Yeah. And I um, had saved this reel the other day. I'll share it with you guys. Peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is rather than what you think it should be. Hmm. So we're angry or we're hurt or we're sad because we have this expectation that this is what it should be like rather than taking the approach. And that doesn't mean that the situation like couldn't be shitty, mm -hmm. right? Like it, we're going to, that's life. You're going to run into hard times, but it's not going to help you to come at it with a negative mindset or to, mm -hmm. Um, transition like what would be experienced in a moment as an emotion into a mood or into a story that ultimately mm -hmm. isn't going to serve you long term. Like yeah. the alternative approach is like, hey, this is the card that I've been dealt right now and this is how I'm going to overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. Buddha sends the word our suffering in this world is in direct proportion to what we resist. That resistance is not accepting what is. Yeah. So it's like in grief, for example. Uh, and I'll use, you know, passing of my parents as an example. And I, I, I learned this <clears throat> through trial and error. Grief very often is the inability to accept what is. I do not. And in the belief generally, especially with loss of a loved one, is I will lose the memory or lose the honoring of this person if I let this go. Mm -hmm. So I continue to resist and punish myself in this state of grief, mm -hmm. which does not serve anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's not accepting what is. Well, and this is a poor comparison to grief, but like I'll experience anxiety through work, like as we have new things that are loaded on or big projects or just, mm -hmm. there's so much work that's happening and I'm constantly thinking of like, Oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. It has mm -hmm. to be perfect. Like there's so much to do. But it's like the swan theory, right? Like yeah. you're going crazy, but still calm and collected on the outside. And part of it is just realizing like, Hey, this is, this yeah. is just what I've got on my plate right now. And mm -hmm. it's not going to help me to stress out or to 
experience anxiety from it. So I'm just going to roll with the punches and yeah. do what I can. And I think it is, I think that you play it all out. Like you're saying, you have the expectation you play, you have the big picture of how everything's going to happen, like how it's so much on the plate. But when you stop and think about like, I'm literally just taking this, I'm here. Like none of that has happened already. Right. And mm -hmm. just taking the task one at a time as, you know, as, as time goes and you look back and it's like, none of that happened mm -hmm. or everything just fell into place perfectly um, the way that it needed to. I feel like taking the, taking your time and just like bite-sized pieces is just so freeing because I've done that to myself too, oh, where yeah. it's like, oh my God, there's so much to do and da da da, -da. And it's like, but I'm not, get it done. No, <laughs> I, it doesn't. It's like, it wait a minute, time. I'm right here right now. What is in front of me? Do that and then do the next best thing. And then just little by little, and it's helped so much, but I can totally agree Honestly, with that. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, financial stress? So I'm going to read some comments here because mm -hmm. there was a viral video that went, that went, that became popular. Mm -hmm. What video and, was it? Um, <clears throat> the one where he talks about reproducing. Sebastian. Oh, one of our Millennials. Videos. Yeah. Okay. Millennials. Oh, and we don't um, have money. Yeah. So we can't much. fuck. And I think 90% of like our anxiety comes from things we can't control. Like Sabs mentions, right. like um, things we can't control. We're, tr we're focused on things we can't control. This particular person, Jake, JPH8 wrote, pay us. We can't afford ourselves, <laughs> let alone a kid. <laughs> so is he focusing on things he can control or can't control in with that situation, with that statement? Well, focusing on things that's pretty easy to yeah. decipher by the words pay us Very, it yeah. is your responsibility to take care of us whose responsibility oh that's a great question i don't know somewhere else like, we, we're in a very interesting stage, and I think it's because the collective is becoming more we so i i want to see it through that lens and try to understand the sensitivity of that but the sense of personal responsibility seems greatly diminished right it's some my my suffering my 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 situations are somebody else's fault mm -hmm. and i just and, and the best lies are 60 percent truth there's usually mm -hmm. some level of merit to it which is why it's mildly believable the problem is is that doesn't solve for you mm -hmm. and it doesn't solve the problem and if you want to stay in a state of depression and anxiety continue to believe you're a victim Right? Continue to believe mm -hmm. that you are not, you don't have a the but power to change can, your situation. How can we say that message in a way that would resonate with someone that is in this situation that's writing this comment? It's like, pay us. And he's very grounded in that belief. He right. thinks this is what's wrong. And he's very convinced, which is why he's so emotional online. How do we say that message? You without, really, with, it, with, I don't know that you can. You can, you can be very... You can be very sensitive. You can try to deliver it lots of different ways. Here's what I've learned about human beings. If they are not ready to hear a message, there not is ready. nothing you can do that's going to change their mind. Like you can, you, it's like, I think about Jesus. When Jesus showed up on earth, um, he constantly talked in parable. He's one of the greatest avatars of all time. And he had to talk in parable constantly because the people that should have known better, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, could not hear what he was saying, yet they were supposedly the ones that knew the Bible better than everyone, which is why he constantly said, let those who have ears hear what I am saying. Mm -hmm. Let those who can understand, understand. What he right. was saying is, I cannot speak in plain language because you are not ready to hear it. You will not, and they fucking crucified him for it, literally. Paul, same deal. He kept saying, and he says this in Romans, and I believe again in Corinthians, 
who said, I want to give you meat, but I have to continue to give you milk because you are not ready mm -hmm. for meat. You're not ready to hear the true message. <clears throat> yeah. Right? So that's the thing. It's like you have to be really patient with people who are in that place. And so what I look for to help that person is instead of trying to, we, you know, this is a base concept we teach in our program. What you're hearing is an amount of, of emotion. And if you try to address that with logic, it's never going to go anywhere. No amount of logic is going to overtake the emotion. You have to help them dissolve the emotion first, which is we talked about, I think on Wednesday's podcast, talk about letting go. By the way, quick book plug here. Letting go is mm. the name of a book by Dr. David Hawkins. So that is fucking money. If you're looking for a good book right now to help you resolve a lot of this shit as you're going through the season, read that. But the key here is if I'm going to help this guy. What I want to help him do is dissolve the emotion, not the story. The story will dissolve on its own if we deal with the emotion, mm -hmm. right? State story strategy. Let's deal with the state first, which is the emotional condition. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's the reticular activation system. Whenever, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but you see a solution and you're like, oh, that resonated with me. And then you start mm. seeing the solution everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like you see people talking about it. Right. You see, you see it on TV. You see it everywhere. Right. And then you're Raz. Yeah. So that was like a moment of clarity for you and you, you hit a breakthrough essentially and now you're seeing it everywhere and now it makes sense to you, mm -hmm. but to other people. So then it comes, to, so there's you and then there's the leadership you have towards other people. So you feel you solved it yourself and then how do you convey the message that you learned to people that you're trying to influence? Be the message. <clears throat> Be the message. Be the message. That. Don't don't talk about it. Be about it. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, Mahatma Gandhi he um, he went on this mission to like learn about Christianity, and um, he thought it was so beautiful. He thought it was such a beautiful religion. He was like, wow, this 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 uh, being sacrificed his life for everyone's sins. Pretty much took that on his shoulders and just thought it was just the most beautiful thing. He was just a man of service. And just a man that just was for the people, essentially. And then he came to the conclusion that he was not going to become a Christian. And the reason was he said, I would be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he thought the religion was so beautiful <clears throat> then they weren't living the message. Yeah. Toby Mac says that in DC Talk <clears throat> for the same exact same thing. Yeah. Which I thought was like very <clears throat> powerful. And just because you say you're you know, something you, mm -hmm. you're not. I think Toby Mac said the leading cause of atheism today is Christians that <laughs> profess him with their mouth and deny him with their actions. Mm. It's like that, that example that you give, that you see a friend that you haven't seen for <clears throat> years and right. they come in immediately talking about God and you should come with me to church and this and that. And you're like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. But then let's say you swap it and you meet up with this friend and they're super happy you know, they just have this light to them. And then you ask them, what are they doing different? And they say, well, I've started to go to church. This is the things that I've learned and whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you start to look at that in a completely different light. Mm -hmm. It's be the example. Don't hammer down on what you think is the right way because you're probably not even living it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. I was just going to say that brings me to like, I feel like the one piece of advice that I could give for somebody that's in that mindset is that well, it's kind of twofold, like self-awareness and self-accountability. So if you're wanting a certain change in your life, like literally make yourself a list of 
these are the things that I'm good at and these are the things that I can improve on. And if you don't continue to improve on the things that you need to improve on, then you don't deserve whatever it is that you're asking for. And if you don't have the space to do that for yourself, ask the people around you, hey, I'm getting an unintended result. Hey, I want to make more money, but my boss isn't giving me a raise. Hey, I want this. Can you please grade me in these areas? Mm -hmm. And then take that and if everybody else is like, yeah, you're amazing. And even you mm -hmm. were like, yeah, I'm amazing. And I'm doing everything right. Then fight for the change, be the change, continue mm -hmm. to be so excellent. And if that's not the right situation for you, find another situation. Yeah. But if you continue to find that in your other situations, then look back in the mirror because that is on you. And if you have other people telling you, these are things that you need to improve on, then understand that you need to do that before you're going to get the result that it is that you're looking for. The caveat though, is you need to ask it from people that are yes, living correct. the life you want it. You can't go and ask your mom yeah. that, you know, actually you don't like the life that she's living. Right. How am I doing mom? And she's like, well, you're perfect. You're special. You're well, get it whatever from people that will give you genuine criticism. Right. You, yeah. you have to be coachable too. Like if, yes, if you're not coachable, people aren't going to show up to coach you. Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly what Saz was saying. Like some people are ready to hear it and some people are not. And I think that you, uh, you as a coach and a leader, you should be wise enough to, to understand like where that person is at, because you can drain yourself trying to yeah. create change in a person who's mm -hmm. not ready for change. Mm -hmm. oh, um, it's, it's, it's the worst. It's it's like a broken yeah. Record. It is literally hell. Yeah. And I think that part of uh, just, I don't know, love and leadership is just like, just letting go. And it'll, and it's crazy because I think sometimes we think that if it's not now, it's never, right? And mm -hmm. so that's why there's such a sense of urgency to try to create change in a person. Mm -hmm. But their time will come too when, um, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully, because we, we all have blind <laughs> spots. Rock bottom. Yeah, it does, right. and you have to understand that. I'm gonna ask that question about rock bottom. Like, why is it that rock bottom has to be the switch for someone? Why can't it just be bottom? You know, like it, what the, is it the about? The reason is is a fairly simple one. Mm -hmm. The path they're on, they continue to believe something will change. Mm -hmm. It's only when they are absolutely certain it isn't the answer that they're willing to look somewhere else. I'll give you a real example. Somebody who uses alcohol to escape. Okay. So this is very harsh advice and, and throws people off when I say this. But if somebody is a, has an addiction to anything, again, take the principle what I'm saying, because it's again about to sound very, very harsh. I rarely ever find myself talking somebody out of don't drink. Mm. Right. And the reason is they'll get significance very often from feeling like if I drink, I'm important because somebody cares about me. Mm. And as long as they believe there's an answer in that bottle, they will continue to go back to the bottle. When people drop the bottle and never go back to it, it's very often when they become absolutely crystal clear, certain it isn't the answer. In order to do that, you almost have to go the other way, mm -hmm. where you indulge in it in such a degree that it, you, it it destroys everything else and you realize, okay, that wasn't the answer. Mm -hmm. Right. So rock bottom very often is I am now 100% clear this wasn't the answer. And that's where people are addicted to things. Somewhere in the back of their brain, they're like, this is my answer. This is how I'm going to deal with my life. This is how I'm going to mitigate these effects. And it's only when that is totally, the illusion of that is totally dissolved. Mm -hmm. And the Course in Miracles talks about that. It's only when we have fully embraced the illusion of separation that we're willing to drop the illusion of separation. Mm -hmm. Right. And we talked about the last couple of podcasts. 
separation is fear is separation from love. Mm-hmm. And we find all sorts of ways to explore that. So I think, I don't think it has to be rock bottom all the time for people, but it depends on their story and what it is that they're clinging to. Mm-hmm. I think people also have blind spots too. They don't know what they're, what's, what's causing a lot of their issues. And so that's why it's so important to be coachable because the coach can be like, Hey, I'm at a different level than you or whatever the case may be. And this is how I experience the same thing. And this is where, how you need to adjust. So I, I think that there's two things. People aren't willing to be coached. And oftentimes that leads to a lot of issues. That's one thing. And the second thing is rock bottom doesn't happen in a day. Mm-hmm. Rock bottom happens over months and months of mm-hmm. failed actions, taking the wrong route consistently. And then eventually this huge situation happens and you're like, why, why did this one thing happen? You blame it on that one circumstance when it was like all the actions. That Correct. Up yeah, to it's it. never one circumstance. It's yeah. A, it's like, it's a like culminating you, effect. Don't, you don't become overweight by eating bad one day. You become overweight by having a habit of eating bad consistently. Mm-hmm. You don't become broke because like the economy somehow is, is, has generally over one bad decision. Be. You become broke because you have a lifestyle that is yeah, not but people oftentimes they blame that one decision. They, right. they blame, oh, freaking the pandemic. It screwed right. my economic situation up. Why or, didn't you set yourself up in a position that wasn't reliant on anything external factor? Why? Or, or classically, you know, it's kind of a harmless example, but it makes me laugh. And I deal with these stories all the time in our business. Somebody who's chronically late, was like late mm. three out of five days. And then on the third time, you call them out on being late. And they're like, oh, it was traffic. Uh-huh. It's like, right. Yeah, it's, it's always traffic, right? It's <laughs> like there's always some external circumstances, the reason why they continue to show up the way they do. There's no awareness there. They don't, they're not getting it. What if someone was just like, oh, I woke up late, actually? <laughs> Which is, yeah. Well, it's, you know, like, isn't that a better answer in a way it, that they're aware? I'm just saying. The accountability. Right yeah. If somebody mm-hmm. is like, hey, I, I you know, I have a hard time getting up in the morning and this is my issue. Mm. At least now there's an awareness. Now we can deal with it. But mm-hmm. what we're talking about right now is the lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. Generally believing it's continually an external circumstance is why I'm showing up this way. We're, this is the people that live in the life is happening to me category. Mm-hmm. I'm at the effects of life. Mm-hmm. They genuinely believe they are not control of themselves and or their result, which is wild that people believe that. But there, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people out there that live in that world. Normally, people are going to be forgiving if that's not in your character. So if, if you wake up late, if you're whatever the case may be, you show up late, they're like, oh, he, he hasn't been late in two years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to harp on right. that particular thing, right? It's not a habit. Right. It's not a habit. So it's like, okay, well, it's out of character. It's no big deal. People are going to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. Just like with results, if you get results all the time and you don't get a result one time, mm-hmm. people aren't going to like bash you about not getting results. So it's just a matter of like your habits, I guess. So kind of coming full circle back to some of the the topics here, how do we deal with finances is one thing and being stressed out about it, except where you are, be Mm -hmm. real about where you're out, where you are while maintaining optimism about where you can be. And a principle that you were bringing up there is happy people are growing people come up with a plan, Mm -hmm. take action. You will start to feel much better about your situation if you're taking action and believe it or not, it doesn't even necessarily taking action with your finances. It could be taking actions with your body, meaning you start working out. Or if you can't work mm-hmm. out, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Those little momentum shifts in one area of your life very often will begin to translate to other parts of your life because you start to feel empowered and like, I can bring effect to my life. I can mm-hmm. bring change to my life. Yeah. Well, I feel like we talked about this in previous podcasts. I can't remember the specific topic, maybe on relationships, but it was along the lines of like, be happy now 
or be loved now, like be like experience all of those emotions that it is that you think that you're going to experience once you're here. And ultimately that's probably what's going to lead you to here instead because mm-hmm. the reverse isn't going to happen. Yeah. yeah it's, a, you know, we talk about this as a, a quadrant. We have four different groups of people. We have people who are happy, but have no vision. We have people that have vision, but are not happy. We have people who are not happy and have no vision. That's a dark group to work <laughs> with. And where place. you want to go is to the group that is, has vision and is happy that that mm-hmm. the person who is happy now has the creative power to bring change to their life mm-hmm. right where from that place you can begin to create and going back to you're talking about the the ras or the reticular activation system unfortunately this works negatively and positively oh yeah mm-hmm. right so if you're For constantly sure. thinking about negative things you will constantly find negative things in your environment to reinforce mm-hmm. your belief system and you to supercharge your ras you need an emotional condition so if you are um, negatively emotionally inclined and you start thinking about negative things, the combination of those two things will literally start to create neural pathways in your brain to reinforce that belief system or that particular mood or emotional signal. Mm-hmm. And you'll literally get trapped in it and it gets harder and harder to get out of it because you are literally beating habit into your head to be angry. Mm-hmm. Are you or, technically manifesting that? Exactly what you're doing. Yeah, you're yeah. manifesting it in your world. You're creating and the, mm. the most powerful, just the shift from going from life is happening to me to for me, the realization that it is a choice, how you show up is a choice. No, you cannot control how other people treat you or the decisions they make, but you absolutely have the ability to make a choice about how you want to show up and respond to that. Mm-hmm. And that is the beginning of taking uh, accountability for who you are and having the courage to bring effect, not only to your life, but to other people's lives. Yeah. And you start to realize, no, I have a choice. I have a choice how I want to show up. Yeah. And things are never going to be easy or fair. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop believing that. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but that doesn't mean we don't get to choose how we show up in that and bring effect. And so if somebody sits in a victim mentality and is waiting for somebody else to save their ass, it's nobody else's work to save your ass, but your own. Mm-hmm. And nobody's coming to save your ass. <clears throat> Can we go back to, um, so you said if you, you, you feel anxious or whatever the case may be, do something progress in some way that's mm-hmm. going to make you feel better. Um, is that different for men and women? Different as far as so so for example, like as a man, like this is the the philosophy that I always had that if you have feminine energy, you need to feel good before you do good, right? You need to feel better, you need to feel reconnected before you get back to whatever it is that you have to do. As a man, you have to do good to feel good. Um, that's hmm. just my that's what I've what I've noticed, but. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, those are different. Masculine and feminine are definitely different energies, but both yeah. men and women have both. <clears throat> of course. Right. Yeah. So it, and I, I think it's probably a discussion from another time, but I think a lot of men need to get more in touch with their feminine energy, which even saying that makes probably some guys eyes roll because I don't even know what the fuck I mean mm-hmm. by that. But mm-hmm. being present, being present. Um, but but yeah. taking action generally helps everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man or woman. Uh, but, but action doing is typically regarded as a masculine energy. Being is typically uh, regarded as a feminine energy, which is the so, yin and yang. So let me give you an example. Say like a, uh, a girl is, feels like she's severely mistreated. Is she going to want to get back to work like right away? I feel like guys, if, they, if they're feeling mistreated, they're like, okay, I'm going to get back to work anyways. But I feel like a girl has to – I don't know. This is my this is my thought. You tell me you're – I don't know. I think that I, I... – I, for me, I, I think it goes back and forth, but I think for me, I've realized 
I need to do something, yeah. even if I don't Got feel it. good about it, it, in order yeah. to feel good and start building my okay. confidence back up okay. to address the situation. Okay. I agree. That's yeah. Because that's yeah. like Fine. the best Maybe way to take are. control. Maybe we are a little Maybe different. Reads, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like double down on my work when there's anything. That's yeah. I, right. Well, it, and uh, yeah. Male or female, we both have both energies. And when you really become very self-aware, it's much easier to utilize the energy that is most beneficial for what you're trying to do. Can They're we look at masculine tools. and feminine just to give, give a definition? But on the other hand, I, I have a lot of girlfriends that mm -hmm. when they're going they through something, um, they want to Penis. feel good. So I see both sides. Yeah. I'm with Sandra with I need to do something to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I have other girlfriends who are like, I got to go to the gym because I haven't been in the last week and I feel really off. And so they need to feel a certain way. I yeah. feel like it's so well, I think it's but the same thing. I think the going to the gym is the doing part. That's yeah. true. I think everything is an action. Yeah. I, so, I mean, it's, you it know. could depend like what's going on to put you in that situation though. Cause it makes me think of like, there's times where I just want to eat chocolate and yeah, like, lay 100%. in bed, you know, <laughs> that's true. not very often, but that's but your choice that's though. Around, like, Hey, um, I'm like wanting to re-energize myself mm -hmm. and like, I'll do that in a way of like i'm gonna take this time off to yeah up. well and that's <clears throat> excuse me the importance of balance mm -hmm. and knowing when and when not to take that complete action mm -hmm. um i 100 percent love chocolate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i accept chocolate as well because it's yeah donuts Cho and chocolate donuts medicine it's funny it like is. uh <laughs> I'm, I keep thinking of this the situation like this last podcast. Sab said, um, <laughs> Sab said, there's something in my eyelashes. It's driving me nuts. And then Kat and, <laughs> and Sandra right here. And Sandra was like, nuts. And then Kat was like, nuts. <laughs> and, then, and then Kat was like, penis. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? I, I was must, just listening I to the have, podcast. I must have missed that. Totally I, yeah, the eyelash in my completely. Eye. But anyways, I was going to say anyways. something that was <laughs> very <laughs> random. I was like, <laughs> and where are we bringing no, because, that back from? Because he just, he just said, he just said, <laughs> penis. I heard you guys. Oh, I, I am here. I decided to ignore you guys. But I was going to say to what you were sharing, Kat, that there is a difference between like procrastinating and saying like, I'm just going to sit here and eat chocolate because I'm pushing uh, I'm, I, I don't really want to deal with this as opposed to a very restorative, no, mm -hmm. I need this space well, yeah. to just eat chocolate and do take nothing. a break and do nothing. And that, and like, you will find yourself more productive after that mm -hmm. as opposed to, mm -hmm. I'm just procrastinating. And, and that's because like diets, unfortunately, or anything else, the advice you're given very much is dependent on the conscious state you're in so you get if you are conscious and aware doing what feels good is probably good advice <laughs> if you are not conscious and aware doing what feels good is probably really dumb advice mm -hmm. which is why it's hard to make blanket statements about things if you yeah. had a very low conscious level right you may not feel like getting up in the morning and going to work Right. Right. At a little conscious level. Oh, I'm just doing what feels good. I mean, I don't. I really don't feel like feeding my children this morning. Right. Right. But but I hear advocation for this kind of thought process. Just do what feels good. Yeah. Right. Or that because it because you feel a certain way, that's a reason to do something. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's the right 
move. It's that's that's, that's what he's that's saying. That's my point. Yeah. But it yeah. has everything to do with your level of consciousness. The more right. awake you are, the more real that statement is. Right. But if you're sleeping, that is not a good, that isn't a good piece of advice. So can yeah. I just read off the traits of femininity and then masculinity? Do it. So femininity is nurturance, sensitivity, sweetness, supportiveness, gentleness, warmth, passivity, cooperativeness, expressiveness, modesty, humility, empathy, affection, tenderness, being emotional, kind, helpful, devoted, understanding, mm. have been cited as stereotypically like feminine. God <laughs> bless it. I love the feminine. Sounds exactly like my name. That sounds very nourishing to me. <laughs> it's Yeah, it sounds like... I'm ready to take a bath after that. Masculine, masculine traits. Strength, courage, independence, leadership, and assertiveness. Machismo is a form of masculinity that emphasizes power and is often associated with disregard for consequences and responsibility. So strength, courage, independence. I love how simple that is. I'm going to guess. I told you. Men are simple. I'm going to go ahead and guess that was on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. on reddit <laughs> yeah so do you notice <laughs> do you notice that uh there is there's such a there is a anger and direction at masculinity right now mm. that that they're like you didn't unless you just didn't read it i didn't hear anything negative about the feminine mm -hmm. right and then oh. that definition made sure to make it clear there like yeah. a clarification like, cooperativeness around. is a negative trait that, they, that was mentioned Passivity. Well, I don't think passivity for sure. <laughs> I didn't either. I was like, mm. yeah. meaning, meaning <laughs> on my the, list. <laughs> the there was a clarifying statement at the end of the definition around machismo, which was generally regarded as a negative trait of right. masculinity. Yeah. No such clarification, unless you just didn't read it, was on the feminine, and that's because we do need more feminine. We need to invite the divine feminine into our society right now in a very healthy way, which is to be clear, not the same thing as feminism <laughs> by any stretch, mm -hmm. but um, we got to stop attacking the masculine. Mm -hmm. The masculine has brought forth a lot of amazing things and we would not be here without the masculine. That is not to say we would be here without the feminine either, but we got to understand they're both very important. Mm -hmm. The yeah. world we live in is developed by the masculine. For better, or for worse. For better, or for worse. That we live in. Yeah. The infrastructure, <laughs> power grids, water supply, all that stuff is developed that makes everything. But masculinity else. could not sustain yeah. itself without the nourishment of femininity. Yeah, it we'd all burn, we'd, burn we'd, itself we'd, out. Yeah, we'd all kill ourselves. Right. And women make men. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, propagation of society. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So women are very important for the propagation of society. And then men are very important for like holding it together essentially but like but also plants. but also i think we would all kill each other if we <laughs> like didn't have plants. women in our lives like we li like literally we'd be at war all the time mm -hmm. like we're just fucking like machine like animals sometimes we just want to fight and <laughs> wreck shit. Fuck, fight and feed the three f's <laughs> yeah and so like like women like make us more like normal like i don't know how to explain it but well, the beauty of the energies is they're meant to synergize each other and create a balance. They're both really important. Mm -hmm. It's not one without the other, but attacking masculinity isn't going to bring forth femininity. Attacking femininity well, isn't going to uh, support. Why the are we attacking masculinity? Though? That's something I don't understand. Like, it, are they just, is it just a scapegoat right now? And like, it feels better to attack. Uh, I think there's associated, there's associated behaviors with masculinity that may or may not be masculine that we're really against right now so power control which is ironic because the very As people that, that are is against what they are doing is, yeah the very thing that they're attacking <laughs> is what they're trying to get which is of course the great 
irony of, mm -hmm. of these sorts of behaviors. That which you judge, you become. That's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, but there's, and, and to be clear, the feminine has been, uh, I'll use the word oppressed for a very long time and has not been given its, its place in society that it should have. In fact, we see it have a lot of disrespect. The feminine is involved in a lot of intuitive thinking and a lot of more of the nurturing side of, of life that we, in, especially in first world countries, haven't prioritized much. Right. And it's important, right? There's lessons to be learned on both sides of this, and they're both really important. It's invite the divine feminine and the divine masculine to show up, and you will supercharge life here and bring heaven to earth. That's where we need to go. And I think we are. Right. Um, I don't think any, anybody's being held down. I know, like, people argue this point. Like, you know, people are holding me down. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I don't, I just don't think. I may be wrong too. I'm not saying that I'm 100% right, but I just don't think people are holding you down. It was funny. Like um, there was a comedian that asked Bill Burr, he's like, mm -hmm. "How are comedians gonna? How are women gonna be successful in a comedic world um, when everything's a patriarchy? Everything is ruled by men in comedy." Ellie Wong. And Bill Burr just was not buying it, and he was just like, "Look, like the only thing that's gonna make you successful is being undeniable." Go so up, good you can't go, be ignored. Go, go on stage and kill it so much that the person after you bombs. That's what he said. Because that's like a known thing. Like if, right. if somebody kills it so much, right. the person after is like, oh, I don't want to go up mm -hmm. after this guy or this girl. So be so undeniable. He's like, you know what? Fuck, fuck it. Start your own shit. Start yeah. your own comedy club and then fucking get your own audience. And that's how you're going to fucking do it. And, you know, just be so undeniable. And it, it solves so many issues. Like. <laughs> And now women have so many things that they've already been given as far as um, advantages, um, as far as, let's say, in the construction world. If a company is owned by a woman, you automatically are on the top of the list to get that bid. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so it's like, but in my head, I am a woman, but I think it's whoever actually is qualified to do the job. Don't just give it to a woman just because it's uh -oh. a woman. I think God forbid that freeway bridge. I want to clarify this. I want to clarify this. So there's a lot of women mm -hmm. that are very qualified. A hundred percent. Very, very qualified. Yes. However, we're just different. We're different with regard to the choices we make oftentimes. Often women are the nurturers and the caretakers of children. So often they, for better or worse, I don't know like the right answer to this, but mm -hmm. oftentimes to take care of children, they'll give up on their careers, okay. which is like, I think is a big reason why there's not more women like mm -hmm. CEOs and things of that nature. Because right. We just, I feel like we just have different priorities often. Like we shouldn't be asking why there aren't more women CEOs. We should be asking why are the, why are there men that are being, are being put in those positions or because they're so fucking hard to be in and there's, they cause so much anxiety and stress and you're working 80 hours a day. We should be asking why do men choose those positions? Cause I don't think anyone should choose those positions often, oftentimes. Ooh. We're going down a different topic, and maybe we should bring this up as another podcast. But for me, the the the, the deeper question, going back to the divine masculine, divine feminine, is why do women feel like they need to be CEOs? Why have we created a society where I'm only valuable if I do these things? That doesn't make sense to me. Now, if somebody wants to be, that's completely different. But I've talked to way too many women who feel like there's a social pressure on them to behave and show up a way that they don't want to be, but that's mm. what society thinks they should be. And and a lot of men are toxic. They'll stay in a very toxic situation just because of money. 
And I feel like women are better with this. If they're in a toxic situation, they'll be like, fuck this, I'm out. But men will just fucking <laughs> work themselves to death. And I think that's really unhealthy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we did, we, we mentioned, we mentioned money, we relationship seeing people that we don't have a good relationship with. There was one more. And then I want to give three or four things you can do immediately to change your mental state. Money, breakups, and family. We got them all then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Money. No, we didn't really talk about breakups. Yeah, I don't think we did. No. Mm -mm. December 11th. <laughs> December 11th. Everybody. Is, mark December 11th your, mark is your calendar. Key day for relationships. <laughs> Statistically, most relationships uh, end on December 11th. Avoid your loved one. By the way, they guys, might break up with you. Avoid your loved one during that date. <laughs> Stay at work Just a little bit longer. Sabbatical. <laughs> the whole Honey, what are you I doing? I'm not taking any calls. <laughs> I'm not breaking up with you on the twelfth. I will see you on the twelfth. It's gonna be like that elevator thing. We're just gonna erase that day from the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, you erase yeah. the thirteenth floor. <laughs> By the way, tangents are good, guys. What tangents is it? Are not bad. Tangents. No, I know. No, yeah, they're definitely. Wait, not. did we uh, land already? We we except, no, not yet. Except for the one no, that we yeah. had on Wednesday. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we can get that shit but out. But just about resolving relationship conflict. There are obviously reasons to not be with somebody and relationships do evolve and change. And I'm certainly not one to advocate that relationships have to stay the same or they're always going to be the same. But if there are outside forces that are pushing on that, take the time to back up and go, you know, make sure you're not making a long-term negative decision because of a short-term emotional compromise. And most, most of the time when you see people make bad decisions in relationships, they are emotionally compromised. Right? And so learn how to mitigate your fucking emotions and get yourself back to a place of like clarity before you go and run your mouth and say or do something really stupid that hurts your relationships. That's the best advice I could give for learning how to navigate through that season. Uh, as for your mental health, a couple of few things that you can do uh, as a part of your routine, pick up a new hobby or something that brings you joy, pole dancing, yoga, dancing, fucking playing in the dirt, uh, whatever it is, find a hobby that is enjoyable to you where maybe it's something you do alone or you do with others, but you feel you get joy from doing it. Happy people are growing people. Even a hobby can make you feel more fulfilled. Uh, and I think everybody, especially people who have really stressful jobs or work all the time, they need to have some other kind of outlet that they enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's totally okay to get a therapist. I think everyone should have a therapist, whether that be a good friend, a coach, or an actual licensed therapist. We all need someone that we can process our shit with. Um, so I highly recommend that and all of the different modalities that come with it. Um, forest baths, a lot of good science around this. In fact, in Japan, it's something that is prescribed, going out and getting into nature. Uh, there's deep resonance with nature that will that will mellow us out. A lot of binaural beats go within the resonance of, of forest, uh, which is the difference between the two beats, because we understand um, there is something with the more we connect to nature, the healthier we are. Getting physical exercise, working out, doing something where you're releasing endorphins um, can be very useful. Um, so doing something like that and then be in community. Do not disconnect yourself. That's when we start to withdraw and disconnect is when things start to get, you know, really dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And rest. Talk to your problem. For sure. Rest. All right. Thank you guys for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, and comment. And we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Peace. Later. Come again. Come again. I literally thought.